and welcome back to another episode of Real Conversations. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor. Real Conversations is a podcast for those dedicated to doing hard things and living a meaningful life. This belief is perhaps best encapsulated by a quote from the great Teddy Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, nor where the doer of deeds could have done them better. No, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. With that being said, welcome back to another episode of Real Conversations. Mm. And indeed, speaking of the man, the myth, the legend, we have John Peterson back here today in the studio. Yeah, speaking of which, it's me, John. So, what's up? Dude, it's good to have you back. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been in Wichita, man. Uh, kind of been all over the place. Um, I guess I was behind the camera in, in St. Louis right. with uh, Jimmy, but um, yeah, I haven't been back to Wichita, so had a couple things going on here and figured I'd stop by and we could shoot a podcast. Great to have you back on the mic, man. Heck yeah, man. It's always so, a good time here at Groover Labs. Bro, it's great. So this episode is really, I think it's an important one for the listeners because I, I know that a lot of the demographic is people our age, maybe even a little younger. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a derivative of the, the last question I always ask my guests for the Real Conversations podcast pertains to reflection. Look back at your journey. What advice would you give to your younger self? So I was thinking back on our journey, both individually and, and separately or individually and together. And we just kind of hit a big milestone in our lives. We graduated college mm, in yeah. the spring, man. Yeah, we did. We did. It's, it's kind of a scary thing. It, right. But I would say it was scary going into college though, too. And so Dude. I kind of want to take a minute to look back and think, all right, heading into college, I had no clue what to expect. And it, I thought it'd be an important exercise for me to take a minute and just think, what advice could I have given to myself at the beginning of college? And I know that you did the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode because we have not shared our lists with each other. Uh, I think we'll just go one for one, like trade off one and go back and forth like that. If you yeah. want. Yeah, that sounds good. I am looking at these and I think they all flow together, which is good. Yeah. But they all flow together just as a preface to that. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll find a good way to balance it, but we yeah. actually took a good amount of time and really kind of thought these through. And what you're going to get from this episode is a, our experience more importantly, our advice, right? Because you can have the experience, you can do something, you can mess it up, but the advice to look back and say, hey, here's what I would have done differently. So that's going to be important. And then the third thing is we're going to give some specific examples too. So we know a lot of you following us, we've been involved in a lot of different things and kind of how did all of that relate? How did that play into this? What were some of the mechanics of what was actually going on in our lives? So this is just going to be a great deep dive into our college experience. And I'm still got to come up with a title, but this is basically in my eyes, reflections on how to utilize college as an entrepreneur or how to maximize the college experience. Mm. This is basically how, how can you use college to A, have fun, but B, set yourself up for an exciting life. And I think that's kind of what you and I are both looking for is that life where you're not necessarily financially restricted to things. You have mobility to go do things, build businesses, build deep, meaningful relationships and have just top tier experiences. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we've really tried hard to set ourselves up for. And we've had a lot of people come to us to our credit, both older and younger say, Hey, we think you've done a great job for this. We think you're on a, a pretty cool trajectory. And so I'm excited for us to share some of our takeaways and thoughts. And hopefully these can be entertaining and actionable for the, for the audience. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I think I know I've learned a lot throughout college and not just academically. So it's, uh, it's a lot about growth, growth and perseverance and setting yourself up for the rest of their life. Yeah. I, I, that sounds so stupid because we just graduated, but I feel like I at least have a good framework for you know what to expect and to what to do mo- moving forward. So 
I, I don't think either of us know what's going to happen in our lives, but I think we've spent so much time being uncomfortable in the last three years that we feel competent enough to handle whatever curveballs may be thrown our way. And yeah. I think that's all you can really do is be prepared for what is, not, for, I guess, things other people might not be prepared for. Right. Setting yourself up for that. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and start here. The f- oh, you know, I want to mention too at the beginning here. If you guys enjoy this episode, if you like John and I, you want to support us, we don't run ads. We make investments, large investments into this podcast to try and get good quality, entertaining, uh, and thoughtful conversation. Please share the link with a friend. It helps us grow. You may think that you sharing that link with one person, oh, what's that really going to do? It has this network effect. And so if you guys could just click the link, share it with a friend. And then if you want to leave a review on Apple and Spotify, all those things help us grow and we greatly appreciate it. So without further ado, without further ado, I've got about eight points that I'm going to hit. So we'll go one for one. You, I think you had six. I had six, but they all kind of flow together. So we'll see how this works out. It's just a conversation. Yeah. We'll be fine. So my first one is treat college like a business trip, not a party. And so I think that is a perspective change for a lot of people. College is a fun, exciting time. You're around all these peers. You're out. You can have parties 24-7. Like you don't have a lot of the infrastructure that you had in high school. You have a lot more freedom. Mm. And so with that freedom, you you need to be careful too. Everyone wants to have a good time. We've had our good times. But in my eyes, a great analogy for this is treat it like a business trip. You and I have been on business trips plenty over the last three years where you have to really prepare and work your butt off for a meeting to get an opportunity. You go and you execute, you build a strong relationship, you close the deal, whatever happens. You've worked hard for that. But then after that, you get to celebrate. You go out for drinks with the person, you get to go somewhere new, have a new experience. And so in my eyes, treating college like a business trip, I am here to accomplish these things to set myself up for this exciting life. But hey, I can celebrate along the way. I can have a little bit of fun here, a little bit of fun there. In my eyes, treating college like a business trip rather than just a party is something that has been important for me. Yeah. And I I would totally agree with that. I think I think that's a good way of putting it. As soon as you said that, I was like, I don't know if I agree with you, but after that explanation, I think I do. Um, yeah, college is awesome. You have no <laughs> responsibilities, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you have responsibilities to go to class, to do this, this, and this. Um, but it's an interesting time where you don't have a job. Most, I mean, maybe a part-time job or something like that keeps you busy outside of outside of school. You don't. Most of us don't have wives or kids, mm-hmm. so it's it's really a time of freedom, yeah. I guess a little bit. And so I think a lot of people do get caught up in, okay, I can drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and there's no repercussions except for maybe my grades will decline a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. And um, so I, I agree with you. I think you and I had a pretty good schedule of, you know, we we would work pretty hard during the week. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, eh, Friday, Saturday. Usually one night. Or two, yeah, whatever. But we would, you know, let loose a little bit and, and have a good time. And and you still you still get the college experience and things like that. But it the, just the time that you don't waste during the week is huge. Yeah. It's that compounding effect, especially over three, four or five years, however long you're in college. If you just add an extra 10 days of productivity to your week and then compound that over X number of years, it, it's so important. It changes a lot of things for you. Yeah. What, what was your first one you had, John? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I was just writing these off the cuff. So I'm just, I'm going to go in with this one. 
do things that don't make sense, hmm. right? And I knew this one would be kind of a cool one because there's a lot of things that you and I did during college that made absolutely no sense. <laughs> but I think those were some of the best moments that we actually had. Um, one that comes to mind is going to Colorado. Oh, yeah. That did not make any sense. No. We were both really, really broke college kids. Um, you know, we were going through some tough times, possibly. You and weren't even in Wichita yet. You I was not in Illinois State. Yeah, I was at Illinois State still. And um, I don't know if we were working on Player Card at that point or not. No, that was before Player that Card. That was prior to Player Card. I can't even remember that was. It was sometime in 2021, early 2021, maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we had conversations about, you know, we should go on a trip. We should do this and this. And I, especially me, I was always like, Oh, I don't think that makes sense. I don't have any money. Yeah. Kind of that, that, that type deal. And I was like, this is going to be an expensive trip. I can get all the way out to Colorado, things like that. But I don't know how it, you convinced me or I convinced <laughs> myself to come out there, but we, we set on a date and I drove out to Wichita, picked you up and we drove out to Colorado. On a whim. I mean, maybe a week of planning. Yep. Things like that. I wasn't 21. You weren't 21. No, no. Can't get a hotel if you're not 21, folks. Exactly. So, yeah. But, I mean, we can go into the, all the details if you want to. I don't know if you do. But the, the point of that is it didn't make any sense for us to go to Colorado, right? It didn't make any sense for us to drive all the way out there, you know, except for to meet with Eric Hinman. I that mean, was cool. I, that was very cool. Right. That was very cool. And something that we didn't know if it was going to happen. We got out there. We were like, ah, we don't know this guy that well. You know, sometimes it's it's weird meeting people for the first time in their in their own environment and stuff. Um, and and then skydiving. <laughs> that made absolutely no sense. We got we're already broke. <laughs> yeah, we were already broke, but we were sitting there. We're like, you know, what can we do to memorialize this trip? Almost. And, yeah. We ended up going skydiving. The, we, we signed up the night before with yep. good old Macy Hangle, if you're watching, Macy. Love you, Macy. This goes out to you. Um, and, yeah, we, we just did it, and it, it, it didn't make any sense. It, and there was a lot of those during the. But that was our most bare-bones trip. Like, you're going to have appeared in your life. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you want to be some sort of high performer, so you're likely going to make a good amount of money. So you're going to be able to pay for flights and nice hotels and good food. All of those things are likely in your future down the road don't be afraid to enjoy being completely broke like you and i on this trip was the most bare bones things ever we were splitting gas we left at 3 a.m so we could get there by check-in and not have to stay the night before in the drive-in couldn't afford a flight we ate oatmeal off of tupperware that we bought at walmart for like 90 percent of our meals and then frozen taquitos that went bad because we put them in a cooler the they got wet. They got soaking wet. They got so wet. But we were so broke. They were like, all right, well, we have to eat this. You know, yeah. like there's not, no other food. But who cares what we were eating or how cheap it was? That experience was like the time of my life. Yeah, it was really, really cool. We, we had a good time. Another one that, that comes to mind is UFC. That probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, yeah, last but, summer. Yeah, it was really cool to go out there. And we paid, what, 100, 150 bucks for our tickets? Nosebleeds nosebleeds all the way in the top yep we did not sit in the nosebleeds we were a throw probably and then we got on the floor yep so very cool but that that was my first one i really i really uh like that one a lot i i like that point one thing i'll add to yours and i'll go to my second one is you talked about meeting eric henman in colorado that is key that opened up a lot of things for me in terms of how i now plan my trips 
it is very rare for me to take a trip and not record a podcast or meet some sort of new connection that will be influential in my network or business or just like a good human. So like when we went to Nashville, Todd Anderson, from Todd mm-hmm. Anderson, Katie Hoff, from Katie Hoff and Todd, Jimmy Sansone, the normal brand. We, yeah. So everywhere that we're going now, we're trying to set up these podcasts and we're trying to meet new people. And so that way it's not just a trip. You can kind of almost justify it to yourself a little bit as this is an investment into a experience and then B the future in, in my network. And um, get to do cool things. So, yep. So number Very two cool. for me, this one is, I'm speaking to myself. So remember that this may look a little bit different for you, but for myself, I would have said, start a company. And so the reason I say this is because when you go to college, you are one of many and likely in your hometown, especially if you're in Kansas, who's a very small high school and it was easy to be different from other people. You stood out just because you were that person and there was less of those people in your town. But when you go to college, there are so many people that are doing the exact same thing with just a slight variance. I mean, if you break it down by what is your major, you're likely going to look something like this at college. You're a business major or a finance major. Okay. Well, you're an X fraternity or Y fraternity or X sorority or Y sorority. And you have a B minus average, a B plus average, an A minus average, I would say, or even the C average, I would say 90% of people would fall into those categories in terms of what your major is and you're going to be a sorority and your averages are here. And so you have a lot of people that look the exact same on paper, which obviously I realize everyone's different and that is, that is great. I'm not trying to diminish that, but in terms of standing out from a business perspective, starting a company is something that you can do that can add to this verbal resume. It's an easy way to get yourself into new meetings and new doors. And you and I personally use that as a networking tool. I'm going to talk about that later in one of my points, but starting a company to me was just a way to differentiate myself. Whenever I came into college, I had the podcast and venture mentality LLC. And that's how I got to meet a lot of the people that I'll talk about later in this. And that really set me up for a lot of what I'm doing now. So that advice would go to myself is have something to differentiate yourself, whether it's a company or something else. Yeah, I was going to say that differentiating factor is huge. Um, That kind of rolls into my other point, which is connect on campus, right? Mm -hmm. I think uh, that company player card really allowed us to ask questions to the dean or, you know, people within the university and the university is connected all throughout, you know, all throughout business. And so for us to get connected with the university and then do some things with them allowed us to really connect outside, right? Get immersed into uh, Wichita. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never been here before. You had been here for a year and a half, two years. Um, It was was really cool to see the change of, okay, at Illinois State, I saw, I met with probably not, not that many (laughs) people, right? I was with... Uh, my business fraternity, which was great. There was, I learned a lot from that. That was, that was really big. Um, but coming to Wichita, it was a full immersion into the university and into Wichita business. And it was really cool. It, and because we treated it like a business trip, we always had that lens on of what can we do to be different? Who can we meet that would help accelerate that journey mm-hmm. for us? And so that your point, actually, this is going very well, better than I could plan. <laughs> your point leads into my third one, which is just a little bit more specific. Yours is high level. Mine's a little bit more specific. Find an adult that you respect. And so do other people that you know and work for them. That could be for mm-hmm. free or not, but try and build as deep of a bond with them as possible because that person is key. They could turn into your mentor. They could open doors. They could help expand your network. They can play a vital role. And a lot of people that are in a position of some sort of success on whatever level it may be, 
want to help out that next generation. And I've had so many of these people, you and I both over the last three years that have been impactful. But for me, one of the first and most impactful people that helped me out with everything that I'm doing now is Rob Gerlach. Big Bobby. Yeah, Big Bobby. So you guys, the names are relevant if you don't know him. In Wichita, you'll probably know him. But if you don't know him, I met Rob my freshman year uh, because I was majoring in entrepreneurship and I'd received a full ride scholarship in entrepreneurship. And the, entrepreneur, the entrepreneurship department shared an office with tech transfer and commercialization, which is a bunch of boring words. That doesn't matter. Don't get caught up on that. What matters is that that is how I met Rob. Rob is someone who is incredibly sharp, incredibly well-connected, knows business. He's literally an intellectual property attorney, but he is a master networker as well and so well-spoken. And so I met Rob and I realized, wow, like this is one of the first people in Wichita I'm meeting. He just seems to go anywhere and know people and he can make this happen and that happen. And I kind of realized this guy is in a position where he can make things happen. And that's so important, especially when you're getting started out. And so I did everything I could to be around Rob and I ended up actually working for him. I couldn't care less about intellectual property or doing that type of stuff. But that relationship turned into something so deep where now you and I mm-hmm. are incredibly tight with Rob and he is a, a great friend and still that mentor though. Like yeah. we go to him with all of our business stuff to this day and he offers not technically legal advice, but he does give a little bit of that. <laughs> and it, But he helps us out in so many different ways. And so find that person, find your Rob Gerlach on your campus or in your community and just go provide value to them. Do something for free, but be, be around them and try and build as deep of a bond with them as possible because it's so important for progressing you forward. Yeah. Big Bobby's one of the reasons that I probably actually came to Wichita. Yeah. Um, I started, we, I guess we started talking to him. We were in this little group, right? And we met with Rob like once a week yeah. on some Wichita State stuff and stuff that we probably shouldn't mention. But <laughs> it, it was so fun. Um, and uh, I had met Rob once before uh, coming out here, but uh, having that asset is, was, was huge coming out because I think if I would have come to Wichita with nobody, it would have taken me a lot longer mm-hmm. to get where we are today, you know? It accelerates the process. A hundred percent. And I'm not talking about like, network capital of I'm going to use this person as a stepping stone. I'm talking about like a true bond where you're doing things to actually try and provide value in your life, in their life. And they genuinely want to help you, not just stepping on people. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge difference that I want to, I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. All right. Your next point. All the other ones that I have, um, Kind of all run together, which I didn't realize until I got here. That's okay. If you want to just connect them, we can just go through that and then I'll do the rest of my list. Yeah. So the the last, I guess, giant point that I have, and I'm going to name all four points within that one point. Okay. Build good habits. Do thing, do hard things. Mm. Get your mentality right. Ooh. And go to the gym. Yes, sir. Right? Um, I think, I mean, I could have split all these up, but I really think that they do well all together because- Build good habits by going to the gym, getting your mentality right, and doing hard things, right? That's been huge for us. Yes. That has been so huge for us. The gym, for me at least, is therapy. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, going to the gym. And I, I really didn't like running. I, I thought, you know, working out, it's either running or going to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I found that going to the gym was my, was my thing. And I set goals within that to progress myself forward as I kept going to the gym 
and it, it it allowed me to really dive deep at the gym and not just go just to go. If you if you go to the gym and you just say I want to be healthy, that's not a tangible goal, right? right. You, I want to be healthy by losing ten pounds. I want to be healthy by lifting this much weight. I want to be healthy by you know eating well and getting this goal. It that that's been huge for me, um, and along with that, doing hard things, right? Um, you know, when you were tra- training for your ultras and stuff, as much as I hated it, <laughs> I hated running so much. Every once in a while, I would get myself out there. And for a long time, when we were training for that marathon, yeah. it was on the weekends, you get out, you do your long run. And I hated it. But I think it helped me in the, lo- in the long run, even within the gym. You know, I had my goals within the gym, and now I had this new goal of running, right? And, um, so, uh, having that mentality of, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and do something hard, I think is, is huge. Absolutely. Dude, I, your points are all very similar to mine. Yeah. I may segment them a little bit, add a thing here or there, but that is a hundred percent spot on with what I'm going to talk about for the remainder of mine. So per usual, I went into quite a bit of detail and all these, I'll try and move a little bit quicker, but number four for me and then the rest of them get pretty similar to yours, Mm -hmm. is network like crazy. So we already kind of talked about this, but you never know who could help you and who you could help, right? Like doing one nice small thing for a person can make a huge difference in their life and vice versa. You could just be having a bad day and someone opens the door for you. Like that makes all of the difference. Just being a generally good human being, it reciprocates into the world. Great Mm -hmm. things happen. Now with that, I, I was thinking about this this morning. If time is money, then your network is your net worth. So I'll say it again. I kind of want to elaborate. If time is money, then your net work is your net worth. Because if you have time, if you're going to spend time to go do something, you want to start a business and you're trying to do this by yourself and you're, you're making all these mistakes, you're trying to figure things out and you're just running in circles trying to make money and your time is your money. If you had people in your network that had answers to questions or they could help accelerate whatever that project is you're working on, then they're able to allow you to do more in less time. So time is money. Your network is your net worth. People will help you be able to do more things in your career and go faster doing those things. Um, that is something that we have seen in terms of we don't have every skill set that we needed for player card. We don't have every skill set that we have needed to do other projects that we've worked on. But the people that we know have been able to help us out. And he's laughing at me. No, I'm not laughing at you. I was trying to make it work out. And I, I apologize for, for interrupting. I was trying to make it out where you could directly correlate an equation time equals money but then if you add network in there it also works i guess but i guess it's network times time equals money i don't know (laughs) i I, it sounded better in my head than it did out there he put he put money on on the top denominator and then i think says network in the bottom denominator and then across from that was time their one was net worth <laughs> oh i didn't put net worth in there oh i thought you were doing cross multiplication okay it's not, but well it didn't it didn't end up working out but no i i agree with your point i, th- I think the point was made either yeah, way i think the the point was made I, I feel like i've heard that somewhere and i think that's that's really important um because you're right even we you look at rob right rob is a successful human being he's got a great network and a lot of opportunities that a lot of other people don't have and that's directly attributable to his network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, he's also got a lot of skills too. He also is very skillful. I don't. I don't want to. He's got a big head, anyways. Uh, the last thing I'll say he on knows net- nothing. <laughs> the last thing I'll say on network is this is something I had to learn for myself. You can't take every opportunity. People, you're going to meet so many people, right? If you're spreading this, if it's like a funnel, and at the top the funnel is really wide, you're trying to meet a lot of people because you don't know anyone. Then you're going to meet with as many people as possible. The more people you meet with, the more opportunities are going to come your way. And you need to have a little bit of a bullshit meter. And that's something that you can develop as time goes on. But that's something that I know I struggled with really early on was like, oh my gosh, this person's promised me the world or this opportunity is going to change everything. And oftentimes that's not the case. And so while you should be networking and trying to do as many things as possible to set yourself apart, you also will just naturally develop a little bit of that BS meter. And that is super important because you can't you don't want to spend time with people that are just bad actors and are not going to live up to their word. You need to quickly be able to sort through them and move on. Definitely. And quickly, I, w- I just want to say something as well on the, on the networking front. At least for me personally, networking did not come as something that I had baseline, right? I had to learn how to network. I, I'm still not great at it. You're pretty good. But I am 100% different from freshman year of college to now. I used to go into a room and just shrink almost, you know, and now I feel like I can go in with my head on my shoulders and, and actually, you know, engage in conversation and, and things like that. So networking in a lot of cases is not human nature. It's just uh, built and learned. It's a game of reps. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right. So number five, this one may take a little bit of explaining. Uh, I said, oftentimes when the path forward is not clear, there's the most opportunity there. And so it's kind of like your first point of do things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, going to Wichita State, I don't know, that path forward was not clear to me. I've, I don't know if I'd ever been to Kansas before that, if I'm being honest. I didn't know where Wichita was. And I, sure, they offered me a scholarship. That's great. That should seem like a no-brainer. I didn't know what my outcome was. And I don't like going into things without having a plan in mind. And so the path forward was super murky to me. But I said, okay, I can see my next step forward, which is Wichita had a great entrepreneurship program. I had heard that from a couple of different people. I'd never been to here. I didn't know anyone until you came. I think I may have been the only person from Columbia High School to ever go to Wichita State, at least that I, I've heard of. And so that path forward for me was not clear at all. It was incredibly murky. But it's turned out to offer so much opportunity for me. And I don't, I honestly don't know that if I had gone somewhere else, if I would have the opportunities and be where I am now, if I hadn't picked Wichita State. And that path was not evident to me at first. One, the quote that came to mind when you started talking about this, you might have told me this, or I don't know where I heard it, but it was analysis paralysis. Yep. You start analyzing everything. And I do that. I, that's me. I'm a pessimist all day long. I, uh, I try to find the wrong. In everything. It's like, why won't this work? Right. And it's something that I've had to work on, but analysis paralysis, you'll never get anything done. If all you do is analyze. Yep. I, I struggled with that so much, but my dad always says, just take the next best step forward. Mm-hmm. If you can't see what's going to be at the end of the hallway, just find that next little footing and right. just go from there. All right. Next one. This one is so important. It is something that I don't know that you knew how to do coming in, but you definitely know how to do it now. It's something that I had to learn whenever I started podcasting. It's learn to tell your story. Mm, yeah. And so this is vital because you have, tw- when, you, when you meet a new person, you have 20 to 40 seconds to give them your elevator pitch. 
This is you explaining, quote, your life story in 20 to 40 seconds to get them to A, like you, and B, to remember you. And so that is something that is incredibly important that most people I don't feel like have reps with. If I walk up to the average Joe, if I walk up to myself a couple of years ago and I say, hey, who are you? Who are you is not Jacob O'Connor. Who are you is that is your cue for give me your elevator pitch. And so you craft it based upon who you're talking to. But typically my elevator pitch looks something like, hey, who are you? What's your story? Oh, yeah, my name's Jacob. I uh, grew up in St. Louis. Um, started a podcast in high school, ended up interviewing the co-founder of Netflix, professional athletes, just a bunch of great people that uh, I was very fortunate that landed me a full ride to Wichita State where went there, started working in startups and turned to venture capital. And through those opportunities, that's where I am now. Um, depending on who it is, I might toss in that I like to ultra run. I may talk more about the Real Conversations podcast, talk more about player card, but it's just that quick little snippet of, oh, he's differentiated. So that's why whenever I talked about the company, adding that to your verbal resume, telling your story is that verbal resume and just hit on a couple of things that's going to stick out in the back of that person's mind. I used to be terrified of elevator pitches. <laughs> I did. It was, it was awful. I mean, that's one of the first things they teach you is in, in business school is you got to get your elevator pitch down, mm -hmm. 15, 20 seconds, whatever. When I got into the, the business fraternity, I was terrified, terrified of elevator pitches because I don't, I did not speak well. I still don't. I don't speak well when I have a, a, a list of things or a, a set thing that I need to say, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a quote, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I, I have to do it on the fly. And so for me, when I, I first had an elevator pitch, I was like, I'm going to write this out. I'm gonna be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But I could never say it because I was trying to quote exactly what I had written down. And I had to come to the terms of, okay, you can, you can kind of, you know, do it as you go. Right. Um, as well as, you know, formulating your elevator pitch to that person, right? The person you're talking to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's been huge for me. It's a little bit of being a chameleon. And I mean that in a positive way. Mm -hmm. It's who's the person you're talking to and why are you guys talking? What sort of information needs to be exchanged in order to have the thing happen that you'd like to happen? And so if I'm talking to someone who I know has an interest in athletics and running, but they're also into business, then it's like, okay, mention ultra running, mention the podcast, talk about the startups you've worked with, talk about venture capital. It's finding the components of the story that are relevant to that person and being able to share them concisely and quickly. Definitely. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So learn to tell your story. Uh, number seven. Yeah, I've only got two more. Number seven, take care of yourself. Do not lose a grip on your health, faith, relationships, or mental health. And so this is important because if you're trying to maximize your college experience, like you and I were, and like a lot of people listening, I, I can't, I would imagine every listener that is listening to this wants that. That's why they're listening. Right. You're likely going to be overwhelmed from time to time. And so you need to be able to keep consistency in the important areas of your life. And that will provide stability for you whenever things hit the fan. Mm -hmm. So it, that took me a long time to figure out because it was like, go, go, go. I've got five different irons in the fire, freshman, sophomore year of college. And I had zero stability because it's like, no, I just need to get all these things done. So let me do schoolwork in the morning and then work until 11, 12, 1 a.m. And then wake up at six because I need to be disciplined and wake up at six. And I was letting things slide, whether that was going to church, whether that was talking with my family, my friends, whether that was working out. I was asleep too. Sleep. Yeah. Yes. Let, yeah. Go back Sorry. to Todd Anderson, yeah. dude. Yeah. I was letting, yeah, sleep slide, all of those things. And I've realized now that I still don't like the word balance. What I like is the idea of keeping consistency 
so that, that provides stability whenever un, other things are unsure, whenever that path forward is not clear. Because I may have things going on in my life right now where it's like, this would be great if it works, but if it doesn't, oh my gosh, that's a stressful thought if that doesn't work out. But if I have my family to fall back on, my faith to fall back on, I'm still in the gym, I'm still physically healthy, I feel good mentally because I'm physically healthy and I feel good physically because I've taken care of myself, eating the right things, working out. If you have all those things to fall back on, you're less likely to be overwhelmed and you're able to handle those things better. Definitely. So I do think it's important to say too, notice that I didn't say don't do difficult things because I believe it's quite the opposite. In fact, this goes back to the point that you made is that doing difficult things in college, while you do have a bit of a safety net, we're still on our parents' insurance, you're in college, you have infrastructure, resources to, uh, to support you. It, it's a little bit different, but doing things in college helps you to learn how to deal when you're at that breaking point. And so it's a little bit more of a safety net to allow you to adapt and create that new baseline. You may think that I can work six hours a day and that's my baseline and then I get too stressed out and I can't handle it. But if you continue to push at that breaking point and you're doing and keeping that consistency in your life in the other areas, so you're not just losing your mind, you can raise that baseline quite a bit. And you're not ever going to get to 24 hours a day of work, but you can become more productive in one hour. Things that used to take you three hours or two, you can do it in 30 minutes. And so building up that baseline is something that's important too. Yeah, definitely. I don't have anything to add to that because I think, you know, you hit nail on the head really. Yep. Yeah. All right. So last one here. And then I feel like this one's just going to be a lead into us just having a good reminiscing conversation. Uh -huh. But uh, the last one that I put is live by a bar. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So that's a good one. Let's, let's talk about the bars for a minute here, man. Talk about the bars. This is, a little bit of a metaphor for me. Yes, I did mean that. Literally, we went to the bars a couple of times, which likely surprises a lot of people, but we did. Uh, for me, it means don't take college too seriously. And so that you're like, whoa, that's really contradictory. You're talking about like, this is a business trip, be locked in, all of that. But for me, I would get so caught up in what are my grades and what marks am I getting on X, Y, and Z, and all of them were educationally focused. Looking back at it, college is more about the opportunity, at least for me with an entrepreneurship major and perhaps maybe more broadly in, in the business school, college is the opportunity to interface with the real world. So don't take the idea of college too seriously and those grades. It's more about learning to do things in the real world and how to actually network with the person, tell your story, close a deal, be comfortable in a room that you haven't been in. And it's important to be educated, but you don't need to do that in school. I'm comfortable saying I learned far more in the startups and the podcasts and the things that I did outside of college than I did within college. And that's not a shot at Wichita State. It was a great school with an incredible program. But I really think I accelerated my learning through podcasts and all the different things that I did outside of school. I think also uh, something that you didn't miss, but I wanted to add as well, making mistakes, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think... You and I have both had times where maybe we went out the night before an event or something and we regretted it the next day when we went to that event. And that's something that I think is important to realize, right? It's something that you've done it. You made that mistake. Not going to do it again. You don't have that thought in your head like, well, I can just, I can go out tonight. You know, it'll be fine. I can get up tomorrow. I've done it before. You've done it not going to do it again um so i think yeah i think that's I, making mistakes within college is is so important too just because you know you do have a little bit of a a net 
Yeah, that safety, safety net. net. Yeah. yeah. So now, more practically, going back to to the bar one, I, I agree with you. But more practically, going back to the bar the bar one, if you do live by a bar, that also means you don't have to worry about driving. Or which Ubers, is, yeah. Yeah, or paying for Ubers. Mm. And that also means that likely your friends are going to want to come over to your place because you're next to the bar. So you're now the central location. You're not having to worry about rides and all of that and how how dangerous all of that can be. And so living by a bar, we lived next to the, the field house for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we weren't regulars, but we would go maybe once a month or so. And it was real nice to just be able to walk there and get to to chill out because you are in college in life should have that, Hey, I'm pushing, I'm working hard, but celebrate your wins. Definitely. Like you can't, it, it, I guess maybe here would be appropriate to say you should have a little bit of balance in, in the celebration aspect, but definitely work hard, but enjoy college. Take the time to go out and make great memories. We did, we took time every year to do intramurals. That wasn't easy. We had a lot of stuff going on. We always made time for intramural basketball. And that was some of my favorite memories because we won back to back, baby. Yeah. Back-to-back champs. So, yeah, that, that, it was fun. I had a really, really good time in college, both at Illinois State and uh, at Wichita State. Wouldn't take anything back. Uh, you know, went out on a limb on a couple of things. Yeah, dude, going back to uh, which one is it? Sometimes when the path forward is not clear, there's the most opportunity. 100% you. You were at Illinois State. Your family is from that area. You can talk more to this than I can. Yeah. But talk about that trip you made out here. What was – where was your head at when you moved? Because it had to have been, the path could not have been clear for you. No, path was not clear. We had just started player card. We were probably working on that for four months or mm-hmm. something like that. It came, came to the point where I was like, okay, if I'm going to be serious about this thing, I don't know if this is going to be successful or not. You know, we honestly did not have a clear path forward. <laughs> that is, that is the least clear path forward because frankly, NIL was unclear. Yeah. You know? Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what re- new regulations were coming out or whatever. And so the whole market was a little bit foggy at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt like we had enough conviction in this business for me to be like, okay, if I, if I really want to be involved, if I really want to see this thing through, I got to do it. It's, it doesn't make any sense for me to do this virtually. Um, and so, yeah, I had only been to Wichita once or twice before that. Didn't know anybody here. Um, and I made the move. It was just, it was a, it was a hard decision. I was you know, leaving a lot of friends behind and, and memories of Illinois State. And, uh, Taylor was still at Illinois State uh, in that time. So my girlfriend. And so that was really hard. It was really hard to go from, you know, she's 10, 15 minutes away to mm-hmm. being six and a half hours from Illinois state, it's eight. Um, that was was really hard, but I wanted to see the opportunity through. And I thought, you know, if I don't do this now, I will go through Illinois state, graduate, get a job nine to five. That's it. You know, that's, that's my life. And I saw a lot more opportunity in Wichita. Yeah. No, do that. I, that is a great point that you mentioned graduate nine to five. It just kind of, I'd call it the average, the normal thing to do. And that goes back to the differentiate yourself in college. If you are finance, accounting, business major in a fraternity who with the CB, low A average, like just kind of all of those very normal baseline. Again, that's difficult to do. College is not easy. I'm not trying to shoot anyone down, but I'm saying if you are looking for that exciting life, you need to differentiate yourself. And so you realizing, hey, the path I'm on right now leads to this outcome oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen at Wichita. And that is incredibly scary. There's a lot of risk involved there, a high level of alpha, but that's the, the 
riskier things in life often have the most exciting outcomes yeah. because without the risk of falling on your face and failing, it would not be any fun. If you were guaranteed to win the lottery every time you played, it'd be fun the first time. But after that, it's like, this is the expectation. Right. Yeah. It, and it probably didn't make sense at that point. No, it did not make sense. I mean, player card was bare bones. We, we had to do a total pivot yeah. after that. Well, that, yeah, we can talk about that too, man. Like we, you talk about having conviction in player card, but dude, we had so much ignorance and talking about, you said like make mistakes and whatever. We had no clue what we were doing. No. We were the, we were the men in the arena going back to the Teddy Roosevelt quote. We it, were doing something. Right, but doing something is better than doing nothing. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. so, yeah, that was it. Was a mess for a while, and we did some really cool things. We raised some money. We partnered with Wichita State University. We made a small amount of money, but it was not overly successful in the, our wildest dreams. No, it didn't change our lives in the way we thought it would. It progressed our story and our journey, but it it was necessary for to get us to where we are now. Indeed, indeed, and yeah. I think uh, getting us to a place of discipline where we started player card and I think you and I both thought, okay, we have this fantastic idea. It's this brand new space. It's going to fall together and it's going to be millions, if not billion dollars. You didn't get a check for for billion dollars? I didn't. Oh, I might have yours still then. My bad. Shoot, I got to get that over to you. Yeah, if you could, that'd be great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was our thought going into it. And maybe you have to have some of that, I guess. Right. But we were, we had a lot of, uh, I I don't even know the word for it. Ignorance? Ignorance. That's a good word for it. We had a lot of ignorance as we started. We thought it was going to be the best thing in the world. And, uh, you know. But I love that because the funny thing is, you can hear this, and it's important that 99% of you are going to say, well, if I started a business, I could figure it out, because that's exactly what we did. When I started the Venture Mentality Podcast in high school, and I would ask a similar line of questioning, without a doubt, all of them, including the co-founder of Netflix, would talk about, yeah, I thought it'd be a lot easier than it was. And I had this really optimistic ignorance where I realized after I got started, I had no clue what I was doing. And it's like everyone says it's going to be 10 times harder and take 10 times as long as, as you think it will. And you're always like, nah, I'll figure it out there. It's not as smart as me. It's 100% true, but it's completely necessary because you still have to start the cycle in order for it to take 10 times longer. Because right. the alternative is you just don't start and then you still have to go through the hiccup of it taking 10 times longer down the road. Right, yeah. You don't know what you don't know. We did not know anything going into that. No, but adventure. it's great. I mean, dude, we are so much more educated now from a business perspective. and then. On NIL, I mean, there was one point we were very comfortable with giving advice, understanding the situation, how to operate. That was a whole new market that we had knew nothing about at the beginning. So it, it really, one thing that taking a little bit of a leap like that does is it accelerates the pace at which you learn because you are failing on the fly and having to pick things up and working a lot of hours. So I do have a great appreciation for it from that perspective. Definitely. And one of the cool things is we're still, keep, we still keep a lot of those relationships and apply yeah, apply them other places from mm-hmm. player card. And it's been very, very beneficial to us. It's crazy how some of it comes full circle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Say, we'll, we'll have more to talk about in the future. That, that may be a precursor to something, but we don't know yet. Yeah, we'll see how things, how things play out. Yep. Uh, John, it's great to have you back in Wichita, man. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. Thanks yeah. for having me. I'm glad that we got to do this little recap episode. Again, I'll sound like a broken record. 
If you enjoy the episode, share it with a friend, post it on your social media, leave a rating and review. This is free for you guys, but not for us. All right. Love you guys. God bless America. Adios.